0: Uh, Yeah, the story of my life. It's our subject today, folks. Welcome to the podcast. This is Kevin's podcast show. My name is Kevin Marshall. I am your host. I would like to thank everybody for listening out there and to the dozens and dozens of my fans out there. I just want to say thank you. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. You all are part of my 21-day challenge. I do 21 podcasts in 21 days with 21 minutes of new content. I'm already seven days in. This is one week. That's one-third of my process done. Done, done, done. And I would like to thank my sponsor for this podcast, the Anchor Podcast app. It's available on your App Store, Google Play, any of those places that you can get apps on your wonderful smartphones, it's always in your hand, you can get Anchor Podcast. More about that later. Also know that we are available on Apple Podcast App, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere that you can find podcast. you can find my podcast. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to my buddy, Drew McSalty, and his buddy, Morton Salt, who do the shift podcast. They're also on any of those aforementioned platforms, check them out it's a good podcast it's about emergency medical services about ems about ambulances and all those sort of things a little inside dope if you will also check out weird tennessee on facebook and check out jason albert tv on youtube those are also some buddies of mine they've given me a little cross promotion i surely appreciate it uh, if you would Go on their websites, go on their pages, and tell them that you heard about it on Kevin's Podcast Show. That would be really great. Okay, let's jump right into it. What is the story of your life? What is the story of my life? These are questions. We have answers. Trending right now on Twitter is hashtag the first line of my autobiography. And some of them are pretty cool. We're going to read a few of them, and then we're going to get into a little bit of my own biography. And then I'd like to hear from you all. I'll give you some uh, emails and some Twitter accounts that y'all can get uh, some information to me. And I want to hear about it. I want to hear from you. Hashtag the first line of my autobiography. I can't believe you wasted money on this book. The first line of my autobiography. She tried to be nice. The first line of my autobiography. You won't believe this shit. The first line of my autobiography, I should probably apologize in advance. The first line of my autobiography, When I was born, there was nothing strange about Bert and Ernie living together. Indeed. And this is this is my favorite. I went down through... Well, actually, I've got two favorites, so I'm going to read this one first. The first line of my autobiography, I once got three likes on Twitter. That's a true story in my case. And the last one, and probably one of my favorites the first line of my autobiography, I die in the end. And I guess hashtag the first line of my autobiography for me would be, I have three ex-wives and three ex-houses and three ex-dogs and three ex-cars and so forth and so on. Yeah, that's a true story, sadly enough. But this whole thing about what your autobiography would be, really got me thinking, and I got to thinking, where are we in our lives? Where are we going with our lives? And I think that the best thing that we can hope to do is to contribute in a positive way to the world in which we live. And I don't know where that quote is from, but I know that I didn't come up with it. I just know that that's probably one of the best things that we could do, is to contribute positively in our world. And especially in the United States these days, we really need that because there's not enough positivity in this country right now. We have a lot of negativity on both sides of the ball, by the way. used to be that political discourse was civil for the most part. Now, I know that you can cite examples of how people used to have duels and all these other things, and they'd get into big arguments and fight one another. But there was, at some point, we rose above that and became civil to one another. And I can remember growing up and whenever I was a kid in the 80s and Ronald Reagan became president, there were a lot of times that the president would bring, you know, Democrats into the White House. They'd have a beer together, and they'd talk about things. And they wouldn't get angry, and they wouldn't come back outside and call each other racist or whatever. Today, it's just ludicrous. And I know all you anti-trumpies out there are probably saying to yourself, "Well, it's Trump's fault. It's he's the reason that all these things are this way." Well, look, I'm not a big Trump guy. I mean, I, some of the things that he's done, I really like. But I'm going to have to say in his defense, pretty much this stuff started the very night that he got elected. I mean, if you sometimes you can go back and look at some of these videos on YouTube and it's just insanity how these people just were in disbelief that he won the presidency and they've not forgotten that and it's okay but you know you should maybe try to work toward what's going on in 2020 instead of trying to change what's going on now i mean theoretically if he's such a piece of shit like you say he is he should be pretty easy to beat in 2020 and you shouldn't have to worry about all this okay look Let's just step into this Russian collusion thing for just about five or ten seconds here, and I want to say this. They've been investigating... The Mueller investigation's been going on for damn near a year and a half now. No indictments of the president. Nothing has come down about the president. It's been one conviction of Cohen, and I don't know. It just seems like a waste of time and money to me, but it continues, and it continues because people are, like I said, pissed off. Now, on the other side of the ball, not only do we have Trump, and that kind of goes without saying, Trump is the guy who is tweeting out everything that you can imagine and uh, spewing hate of his own kind, and like I said, he is a time traveler. He doesn't really give a shit what you think, because he knows how it's going to turn out in the end, but still, it's not just Trump. I mean, there's a lot of Trump supporters. If you go on Facebook, it's pretty easy to find people who support Trump that are just putting out some bad information, really bad information. And the same goes for, you know, the, the Democrats and the leftists and the rightists and all theists that are out there. They're putting out bad information. And then there's the group in the middle where I believe that me and you are who are left or our own devices, and we just have to sort through things. That's why I have news versus news. That's why that I have on my reading list, I talk, I read MSNBC, I read Fox, I read CNN, I read Breitbart, I read, you know, any of these uh, apps, anywhere I can get my information. I even look in other countries. I read Al Jazeera, and I read BBC, and all these things that have other opinions besides America because, you know, we're not alone in the world. Now, let me bring that back to what I was talking about before. What's our autobiography? What should it be? It should be he contributed in a positive way. I'm sorry. He, she, Z contributed in a positive way to the world in which they live. That's all anybody can hope for. So I challenge you to remember that you have a circle of influence, a sphere of influence, if you will. It's a sphere because it goes out in all directions. It doesn't just go in one dimension. Your influence is a sphere. And everything that you do, regardless of what it is, how insignificant that you think that it might be, is being watched by somebody. Somebody looks up to you. And you may not think that you're being looked up to, but you are. Somebody's watching. Somebody's taking notes, mental notes of what you're doing. And you have that sphere of influence. And the only thing that you can do, really, is to affect the sphere of influence in the way that you see fit. And you can do that in a positive way or a negative way. And I like to use the example whenever I talk about this. For example, if you don't believe in abortion, going out and protesting and carrying signs and that sort of thing and putting up all these crosses in front of churches and saying these many babies has died in Tennessee in the past year, whatever it is, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. That's fine. But I'm saying that you're not really affecting change because change comes from people that you can influence and you cannot influence people that are randomly driving by on the side of the road not not in a a big way anyway i mean i don't think that you could ever say that uh, a lady was on her way to have an abortion and she drove by a church that had a bunch of little tiny crosses out in front of it and said well you know what dang i'm gonna keep this baby because well there's all those crosses and that makes me feel bad Maybe she's keeping it for the wrong reasons in that case, but to me, what you should do is teach your children that you think abortion is wrong, and then maybe they will teach their children that abortion is wrong, and then maybe you can affect the people who go to your church or the people you work with, and I don't mean to Give them a hard time or to act like an asshole about something that I'm talking about. Just give them your opinion and be reasoned about it and spread your influence in a positive fashion. It's just like a magnet. You can repel somebody instead of attracting them. There's two different ways to do it. So you got to turn yourself around sometimes. And that goes for the other side of the coin. let us I mean, you know, it works both ways. So check your sphere of influence and ask yourself a question. Is my influence what I want it to be? Am I acting like a jackass in front of somebody and thereby perpetuating jackassedness? Or am I acting like a good person and perpetuating good personness? That's the question. So it just got me to thinking hashtag, what's the first line of your autobiography? I would hope that it would be I affected the world in a positive way. Take a break right now. See you on the other side.
1: Hey, friends. Stunned on Redneck here. Just coming at you on Kevin's podcast show, and I want to talk about this government shutdown. I just want to tell you right now, this thing got me a little bit aggravated. I'll tell you what. 30-something days? That's over a month. We ain't getting nothing done in the government, and I'm tired of it. Tired, tired, tired of it. Now, let me just tell you something. This government shutdown is affecting a lot of people, and it's about to affect a lot more people. And whether you agree with it or not, I think they're all just acting kindly silly. But anyhow... I just want you to know that down at the woodworking factory, see, we're fixing to lose some people. We're about to get a few people laid off down there. And why is that? Because some of our jobs has got something to do with the government. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know some of the things we do down there. Well, that's not getting paid for now, because they're all arguing over like a bunch of dang youngins. That's who we sent to the dang government is a bunch of youngins. That uh, Nancy Pelosi and that Chuck Schumer guy. And then Donald Trump, old Trumpy's up there. And I kind of like old Trumpy some, but now I'm just telling you what, now I think they're just being acting like youngins. And somebody needs to spank their little bottoms, because I'm just going to tell you right now, if me and Cheryl got into it, and we went for 30 days or so without uh, doing what we're supposed to do, then next thing you know, old Kurt Angle wouldn't be able to play his video games because that internet bill wouldn't get paid and the light bill wouldn't get paid and he wouldn't be able to eat no Hot Pockets or, or drink no Mountain Dew. So I'm just saying I'm kind of over this whole thing. So my message is to you people up there in the government and worst in Washington, DC, get off your hind end and do something. We need you. We can't have this. I'm over it. It's unknown redneck and you know where I am.
0: Well, I'd say the unknown redneck has nailed that one on the head. All right, let's get into a little bit of news versus news real quick like. ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the spectacular kps arena the world news boxing association is proud to present heavyweight action in this corner wearing red trunks with black trim c n in and in the opposite corner wearing blue and white trunks with red trim fox news network let's get ready to rumble It is not right that we aren't paying the Coast Guard. Right now, every other military branch is being paid. The Army's being paid. The Navy's being paid. The Air Force is being paid. The Marines are being paid. But the Coast Guard is not being paid. All right, we're going to start with CNN app today. And we're going to talk about the government shutdown because, well, hell, it's been going on for 30-something days. And uh, still no zombies, but, you know, it's getting bad. Even the unknown rednecks talking about it. All right, CNN on their app. The exclusive White House is preparing a draft national emergency order has identified $7 billion for the wall. That's up from the 5.7 that he was asking for. The White House is preparing a draft proclamation for President Donald Trump to declare a national emergency along the southern border and has identified more than $7 billion in potential funds for his signature border wall should he go that route, according to internal documents reviewed by CNN. Trump has not ruled out using his authority to declare a national emergency and direct the Department of Defense to construct a border wall as Congress and the White House fight over a deal to end the government shutdown. While Trump's advisors remain divided on the issue, the White House has been moving forward with alternative plans that would bypass Congress. The massive amount of aliens who unlawfully enter the United States each day is a direct threat to the safety and security of our nation and constitutes a national emergency. A draft of the Presidential Proclamation reads... Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, by the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, including the National Emergencies Act, Act, hereby declare that a national emergency exists on the southern border of the United States. The draft was updated as recently as last week, a U.S. government official told CNN. Now, that's CNN's take on the whole deal. Strangely enough, Fox News never mentioned anything about that. Maybe it's because CNN got the exclusive look, and I guess CNN got the exclusive look because the Trump administration's White House leaks like a sieve. Okay, let's flip on over to Fox News and get their story on the Trump wall and the shutdown. From the Fox News app, White House, large down payment on the wall could end government shutdown. The White House on Thursday signaled that a large down payment on border wall funding... And potentially less than the 5.7 billion that the president Trump that President Trump has long requested could be sufficient to bring Republicans to the table and end the ongoing partial government shutdown. The possible concession from the White House came just minutes after the Senate rejected both Democratic and GOP proposals to end the shutdown, with both measures falling short of the 60-vote threshold needed to pass. But Democrat House Speaker Nancy Pelosi dismissed the proposal shortly afterward as a non-starter. She certainly likes that phrase, the non-starter. It's a non-starter, saying it was not a reasonable agreement. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about, Pelosi added, referring to Trump. The White House, in response, slammed Pelosi's consistent rejections of compromise proposal. The House Speaker has previously said she would not support any legislation that includes funding for the wall, which she characterized as immorality. I disagree with that, folks. I don't necessarily agree that we need to have a wall. But we do need to have border security. And it is not immoral to have border security. And it really pisses me off whenever the leftists out there call people racist, or in Nancy Pelosi's case, immoral because they want to build a wall. Look, if you want to line people up and let them check in at a kiosk, And there's some way that you could do some sort of a check on them and see if they're some kind of criminal or some kind of element. I've said that before on this show. I'm all for people coming into this country. We need the help. I'm okay with that. I really am. But don't tell me that having a border wall is immoral, or racist, because it's not. If you have a swimming pool, folks, you have a fence around your pool. That's just common sense. People want to come in, they want to swim in your pool. Well, if they want to come and swim in this pool, then they need to come in the right way. That is to say, they need to knock on the fence, say, hey, we're bringing some covered dish to your party, and could you let us swim in your pool? Which is great. And the covered dish in this case is their labor and their work ethic and that sort of thing. And when they have labor and work ethic and all those sort of things, they contribute in a positive fashion to our country. It goes back to my sphere of influence uh, argument there earlier. They contribute in a positive way. That is better for the country because then we get taxes from them instead of them sucking on the government teat. And that I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of anybody sucking on the government teat. I don't give a shit if you were born here or not. That kind of thing pisses me off. And if it offends somebody out there, well, go fuck yourself. I don't know what to tell you. The whole thing is just ludicrous. I'd like to read you the preamble to the Constitution right now. And for all you people who didn't get this in school, shame on your teachers. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States. Now, let me just say that some of the things that I want to point out about the preamble to the Constitution, which is like a header of a of a uh, research paper or any kind if you did any kind of papers in school and in, in college or high school you know that you had to have an opening paragraph well that's pretty much the opening paragraph of our constitution and lines out what it's supposed to be doing a couple of things that i want to point out to you it says that it's supposed to promote the general welfare and that is an important word that they put out in that uh, preamble they didn't put promotes the welfare of or the specific welfare of, they put the general welfare. In other words, we're supposed to promote the general welfare of people and not the specific welfare of people. And it's not fair and it's not right to all the taxpayers out there who have to foot the bill. And these people who are perpetually on welfare and perpetually sucking off the teat of the U.S. government, I don't like that. As a libertarian, this really pisses me off. Maybe we should let some of these people in. Maybe we should take more in than we've been taken in. But don't tell me that the wall's immoral. If you want to set up a kiosk down there and have somebody stamping hands as they come in and say, what are you bringing to the table, folks? But if you don't check out at the border, you've been convicted of drugs, Juan. Sorry, you got to stay home. That's just the way it is. Or, Juan, you've been charged with assault. Sorry, buddy. You're out of here. And I know everybody that comes to this country is not perfect. But we could have a better system than we've got now. Maybe the wall's the answer. Maybe it's not the answer. But either way, we need to make some decisions, and we need to make them quickly and cut this bullshit out. Start the government back up. Quit acting like a bunch of babies and go to it. That's your job. Okay, that's a little bit of news versus news. I know it was a little convoluted there and a little uh, short, but hey, I'm recording this at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, so I can't be expected to be perfect. Not every time, anyway. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. You are a part of my 21-day challenge, 21 Podcast, in 21 days with 21 minutes of new content. We are available via the Anchor Podcast app on Apple Podcast, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those sort of things. You can also catch my buddy Drew McSalty's podcast, the Shift Ender podcast, and all the aforementioned platforms. Check out Jason Albert TV on YouTube and Weird Tennessee on Facebook. Give them a shout out. Tell them you heard about it on Kevin's Podcast Show. Thank you, folks. I appreciate you. See you. Bye. Yeah.
1: People got no job in a shutdown. They can't pay the bills in a shutdown. So they're going to move in a shutdown into the Statue of Liberty. Nobody's there right now. No, I cannot believe where it is they're coming from. They argue, but they're not getting anywhere. Well, it's getting worse now in the shutdown. When it started, I had a full head of hair But now I'm bald There it is right there